0: Welcome to this week's message. I'm Malcolm Baxter, Senior Pastor of Heart Church, and I'm so glad you're here. Whether you've been coming for years or it's your first time on the podcast, we hope this inspires you. Praise God. Well, it's my joy to um, come and uh, speak on the, the final psalm of, of this series. And uh, to be honest, I've, I've loved it. I think it's been... It's just been really great to be working through the Psalms in the way that we have. And uh, today, I wanna uh, speak to you about Psalm 116. Um, Believed by most to be a Psalm of David. And uh, all through this series, we've um, encouraged you to approach each of these messages with a particular formula. Um, and it's a way to get you to listen in, in such a way that you leave with a special message from the Holy Spirit for you. So there is a message that I'm gonna preach, but there is a message that's specially for you, brought to you by the Holy Spirit. And we encourage you to listen in in three ways. First one is to aspire. As you listen today, what did you learn about life that you would aspire to? In other words, I need that in my life. I hear something and I think, "Mm, I need that. I need that in my life. What would I aspire to? The second area is what did you learn about God that would cause you to give Him praise and thanks. A moment, as I share, where you think, wow, Lord, I worship You. And then, thirdly, to admit, um, what did you learn about yourself today for which you realise, "Mm, you know what? I actually uh, should repent of that and, and change knowing that we can't do that in our own strength, but only by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that is just a way that you can actively listen as I share with you today from Psalm 116. And I'm gonna start by reading um, these verses to you where David says, I love the Lord for He heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because He turned His ear to me. I will call on Him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, He saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when I said, I'm greatly afflicted. In my alarm, I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all His goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfil my vows to the Lord in the presence of His people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His faithful servants. Truly, I am Your servant, Lord. I serve You just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of His name, in the presence of all His people, I beg your pardon, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem, praise the Lord. One of the many reasons that I'm so grateful um, for the Psalms is that the psalmists are so real um they're so human um I think I love it because the psalmist doesn't just pretend that things are better than they are they don't gloss over life they are authentic they say it like it is they're not performing for the crowd they're not wearing the church face you know what I mean You know where at church, like we just pretend that everything's cool and everything's good and everything's fine, but in truth, it may not be. Psalm 116, as a psalm, I wanna approach it as a psalm with two halves. And we're gonna look at it uh, from verses one to 11 as the first half and verses 12 to 19 as the second half. The first half of this psalm shows us that God is faithful, particularly in adversity. In the tough times, in the challenging times of life, God is faithful. A God who is attentive to our cry. The psalmist says His ear is turned towards me. You know, sometimes in the atrium, you know, the noise levels are such that you've got to, well, especially like when you get to my age, but you have to, to turn your ear to hear what somebody is saying. You know, that is, that is uh, what God does to us. He, he turns his ear. He's not deaf, don't worry, but he turns his ear. He's interested in your voice. He's interested in what you have to say. You are not just a voice in the crowd. Yes, he, because He's God, He can handle many voices, but He hears your voice. He is attentive to your cry. Have you ever experienced the fact that, you, that you, you were crying out to God and you wondered, I don't even know if you can hear me, God? I'm gonna say this a couple of times, but God's ability to hear is not affected about Uh, by whether I feel He's hearing me. Whether I feel He's hearing me or not is actually immaterial. He hears me whether I feel it or not. His ear is turned towards me. And in the ups and downs of life, this psalm shows our desperate need for God. Is it possible to muddle through life Uh, with everything that goes on. Well, people do, but it's not the ideal plan. It's not the plan that God would have for you. Um, And the psalmist says that, you know, in truth, God has been my deliverance. I've been through much, I've seen much, I've experienced much, and, and every time God has been my deliverance. He's seen me through. He's brought me out the other side. He has... Wiped my eyes, wiped the tears away from my eyes and kept my feet from stumbling. I just, I love this picture in that just as a father or a mother might bend down to a child who's crying and just wipe the tears away with the thumb. You know, just to say, that moment of tenderness, in a moment of pain, you know, maybe they've fallen over or banged their head or something like that, you know, in that moment of pain, just to flick away the tears. And I love that. That's what I see when I read this. He wiped my eyes and he's kept my feet from stumbling. One of the things I love is that God has saved us from stuff we didn't even realize we're being saved from. I have... I mean, I can think of many times where I don't, I, I don't know how I got through that, but there are some things that I'm not even aware of. I'm not even aware that I got through something that I got through. I'm not even aware that I've been protected from something, but God has kept my feet from, from stumbling. The, the psalmist speaks about me walking before the Lord in the land of the living. You see, the God we serve is a God who is fit for the land of the living. God is is the God of church, but I don't just need a church God. I need a God who is there for me every day. Because we all have come to this place from lives that we were living and when we leave this place, we will go back to uh, the things that we need to go back to. But God is a God of the real world. God is a God who uh, who will meet you where life is being lived in the in the challenges in the challenges of life. You know, God knows it when the kids are driving you insane. I mean, I'm just—I'm here to preach to people who are being real. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean you don't love them. It doesn't mean that they—you know—that you're not glad. It's just that I—I—I I, I refuse to believe it was just my kids. That you—you—you you, you just get to that point. I mean, especially during the the the, the summer break, you, you you just come to the end of yourself sometimes. You know, what about when you've got more, you've got more months than money left? I, I, need, I need a God who, who understands that and He will give me wisdom and insight and help me to manage those moments when I'm hanging on by a thread, when I don't know how I'm going to cope. I need a God to help me in those moments. And I, I don't, just need to come to church and, and enjoy the music and get a few goosebumps. And I, I need some, someone who is there for me in the real issues of life. And, and as David says here, the cords of death entangled me. The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord, Lord, save me. He says later, when I was brought low, He He saved me. Now, I don't think for one minute that our life is all filled with low moments, but there are low moments. And God is there for us in, in those moments I think that we need to perhaps remind ourselves and and there are numbers of times I like what Gideon was sharing there about the need for us to remember and that is absolutely true. We need to be consistently um, reminded. I know I do. Um, but, But in this place, in this place of desperation, David called on the name of the Lord. It's a good thing to phone a friend. It's a good thing to maybe look if there's a YouTube video that might suit your situation. But I wanna tell you there's nothing like calling on the name of the Lord. The God who sees you, the God who is able, the God who knows you, and the God who is able to work out an outcome that may not have been your first choice, but it will always be the best outcome. God will always, God will never give you something that's second best. Sometimes we might have to adjust to what is given to us. But I've been on this earth long enough to look back on some stuff, to remember some of the prayers I've prayed, to remember some of the things that I've been believing for. And I can look back and say, thank God, Those prayers weren't answered. Thank God, because I would have got it so wrong. But I was passionate at the time, and I believed I was right at the time, but now I look back and I say, thank God. So that's why you learn to trust God, that God knows knows me better than I know myself. God knows you better than you know yourself. And yes, of course, there are gonna be many times when I do not understand what is going on. That is why he requires me to trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not. Lean not on my own understanding. He he doesn't say, Don't bring your understanding to the party. He just says, Don't lean on it. Don't bring that to the fore. Because we love to get it, don't we? We love to get it. We love to understand it. But the truth is we're not always gonna get it and we're not gonna always understand it. I have to, I have to trust God. God is there. He knows what I need. God is not a distant figure on the shore watching us drown, trying to throw us a rubber ring. And I think sometimes we, sometimes we might feel that. Is God really able to deliver me from this? Is God really able to give me breakthrough in this situation? God isn't on the shore. He's there in the water with you. God is helping us in ways we don't even comprehend to survive. You may feel you're in pain, You may feel you're desperate. You may feel that you're at the lowest point. Maybe here today, or maybe if you're watching online, that that you think that, that, does anybody know? Does anybody care? Well, God does. And He is helping you in ways that you will not understand. Even when in our struggle, we don't feel like we're being helped, He's helping us. I love it. Uh, in verse six, it says, the Lord protects the unwary. Uh, to be unwary is to be incautious, to be careless. You know, even when I'm not on it, even, not, even when I've not got it all together, even not, even, you know, I mean, it doesn't say this, this uh, but you know, I think in the, the ancient, ancient Greek, it could say, even when I'm being an idiot. Um, even then, the Lord protects me. Even then, the Lord is looking out for me. He's, he's not only looking out for me, but He's making a plan for me. He's making, he's making a way for me because all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. We say over and over, it doesn't mean all things are good. There are some things that are far from good. But even in those things, God will work for your good. The Lord guards and keeps watch over me. The Lord guards and keeps watch over you. He saves us when we are low. So the first half reminds us of our vulnerability. It reminds us of our frailty. It reminds us of our need of God, where I declare, I believed, I trusted, I relied, I clung on to my God, even as he has a moment there, and I love David has his moments, but where he says, even when I said, all men are liars. Don't you just love that? We've got all these fancy words of how oh, God delivered me and God saved me and I was ensnared by death and God has set me free. But you know what, right? All men are liars. Yeah, he just—you know—like it's like David. You didn't need to write it down, but I'm glad he did because he makes it feel like I'm not on my own. You know what I mean? But he's saying even in that, even when where people have disappointed me, even when we acknowledge. It's not been a smooth ride, but I've held on and I've kept trusting. And it seems to me that the first half of the psalm leads us to an invisible doorway, somewhere between verses 11 and 12. Because there's like a shift, there's like a gear shift that takes place. And I think that because of where he concludes there, there's some things in life that you could only be impacted when, by when you face, as it were, the dark night of the soul. Now listen, of course, We don't want dark nights, we don't want valleys, we don't want despair, we don't want storms. But we have to acknowledge that God meets us in those places. He is the shepherd of the valley. It's a God encounter. It's a God encounter that changes everything. I was reflecting of how um, Jacob wrestled with God. Jacob is a very interesting character. And he was, he was somebody who had proved God in his life. No doubt. God had given him miracles. God had uh, made a way for him. But Jacob was very reliant on Jacob. He, he, he loved God. God was there. But Jacob, Jacob relied on Jacob. And what I find fascinating is that he goes into this fight, he, he wrestles with the angel of the Lord. And, and whatever, you, whatever you make of that in another place, it, it actually talks about how he wrestled in the place of, in the place of prayer with loud, with loud cries and all that. But whatever you say about that, Jacob went, into the fight one way. And with the emerging dawn, he came out another way. There are some situations we face where we fight and we wrestle with God. And that's what the psalmist points us to, that it's not all happy, clappy, wonderful moments. They come and they go. But there are moments, there are seasons when we wrestle with God, when we cry our tears, when we call out on God, when we're confused, when we don't know what is going on. And yet even in that, even in the fight, even in the wrestle, Jacob left with a limp. There are some things in life that mark us. And he left never more broken, never more whole. Jacob had gone into the fight knowing what it was to rely on his own wits and to ask God to bless him in the way he wanted to go. But he emerged with a new name, a new humility, and a new outlook. See, the God encounter is where the Spirit meets us. It's in that place that we learn to yield. Where Jacob, at the end of himself, clung to God and said, I will not let you go until you bless me because you are the blesser. And I've gone through all this and I am determined that at the end of it all, I will be blessed. And this is done. It's done in the place of prayer, as I've mentioned already And I remind us that prayer is not a means by which we control God. Where we bring God into line. Where we let God know what we want and we bring God into line with what we want. So we get what we want. The place of prayer is rather the place where we are brought into line. So we become who He wants us to be. Where the tender hands of the potter just using exactly the right pressure modes, and shapes us we are transformed in his presence the transition is a mystery that chord came in at exactly the right moment did you notice that? I mean I've just ruined it but I just love the fact that it came in Exactly the right moment. Some transitions are not easily seen. I don't know whether you've ever had the experience. Those of you who have kids, and maybe someone comes up and they see, they say, uh, they haven't seen the kids for a while, and they say, "Oh my goodness, they've grown so much! Look at you! Look at all you've got!" And the thing is, you were in the presence of that transition all the time, but you needed to lend somebody else's eyes to see what had actually happened in plain sight. The Holy Spirit is our tour guide to the mystery. God is a mystery. To know God is to learn to be comfortable with mystery. And oh, how we love our certainty. And oh, how we love our strategies and how we love our formulas, the ABC to a breakthrough, the three steps to a miracle. But God will not be bothered he will not be reduced to a slogan or a mantra. This transformation is not brought about by more effort or more anything. It's a mystery. And so wide-eyed with wonder, we wander into the second half of this Psalm. Something has happened in that moment between verses 11 and 12 to change the relationship between the Psalmist and his God. The tone, the energy has changed. It's expansive. It's victorious, joyous even. The language is different. What shall I return to the Lord for all His goodness to me? Suddenly it's not about just what God can do for me, it's what what can I do for God? The Psalmist shifts and he says, raise the cup of salvation. Toast to God. A toast to God for who He is for all He's done to you, Lord. You have delivered me from my chains. Something happens where the psalmist suddenly. It's communicating that I'm not just gonna live a life of accumulation. I, I understand that true life is about donation. It's about what I give. And I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Jesus Himself said that He came that we might have life and have it to the full. And a full life is not just about what I have. It's who I am. It's like the difference between wilderness thinking and and promised land thinking. When when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they were having their daily needs met by God. They, they, They were having manna dropped off every day by the Holy Ghost. God was the first deliverer. It was right there outside their tent. But it was not the way God wanted them to live. Just living in a place where their shoes didn't wear out and their clothes didn't wear out. It wasn't the place where God wanted them to live. He wanted them to live not in the wilderness, but in the promised land. And the promised land is work. You're gonna have to sow, but I'm gonna bless the harvest and yeah there are giants but don't worry I am going to help you deal with those giants but I you, because I am not a God who's just going to look after you and give you a daily miracle until you die I want you to grow I want you to develop I want you to be to prosper I want you to understand that you've got something to contribute to this story God wants you to live not dependent on the edge, but to understand that who you are in Jesus, who I am in Jesus, in Jesus' name, I am more than enough. In Jesus' name, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I am not a victim trying to fight my way through. I am a victor who in, in, in the end, I will prevail. I will not remain small and dependent. The second half of the psalm carries an air of confidence. A confidence that says, you know what, there may be giants, but I'm not going to get overwhelmed by the giants because I know who's with me. And in His name I will overcome. The transformation, the mystery of this transformation that has taken place even reframed the psalmist's view of death. He, he, He goes from death being a snare in which you has entangled the the grave, a place of anguish, the trauma that that was over that, that you're saying, God deliver me. But we see in the second half that the trauma of death even has been removed and a place of beauty remains. He says, precious. In the sight of the Lord is the death of His faithful servants. His whole view of life, His whole view of death has been reframed. Our own beloved Sonia Anderson went home to be with the Lord just a week ago. And we do pray for her family and friends as they grieve. But I say, her passing was precious in the sight of the Lord. Death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? And of course, of course we grieve. I grieve. I'm grieving even as We approach the first anniversary of my own wife's passing. But I wanna say that even so, my broken heart can still declare, the Lord liveth and blessed be my rock and let the God of my salvation be exalted. Let me leave you with this thought The psalm points us to a great God who is there for us always. The psalm points us to a reframing of our perspective. Be still and know that I am God. In verse 7, he says, return to rest, my soul. I love these moments because David isn't talking to God in that moment. He's talking to himself. He's speaking life into himself. Return to rest, my soul. For the Lord has been good to you. And just as the psalmist speaks to his soul, I ask you to speak to your soul today. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Return to your rest, oh my soul. In all the face of everything that's going on, return to rest because God is in control. God is faithful. He has been good to you. He is good to you. He will be good to you. Return to your rest, my soul. Put your confidence in God. He who holds the future holds you. And as the Psalmist concludes with praise, let us conclude with praise. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all, all, everything that is within me, bless. Oh, if you can believe it, if you can believe it, if you want to declare that, lift up His name right now. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Oh, come on, lift up, lift up a shout of praise to the King of kings. And the Lord of Lords. Thanks for joining us on the Heart Church Podcast. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, I want to celebrate with you. And we have some tools to help you on your journey. Visit our website Heart.church forward slash response. To find out more about Heart Church, visit Heart.church forward slash connect. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.